Attention golfers, if you're looking to upgrade your game with a set of high-quality clubs that are blazing fast, beyond forgiving, and beautifully made, check out the all-new PXG Gen 6 Golf Clubs. Not only are they easy to hit, they deliver outstanding distance and incredible accuracy, lowering your scores and bringing you more fun on the golf course. What more could you want? Schedule your Gen 6 fitting today at pxg.com or by calling 844-PLAY-PXG. And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast. On a Monday, I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Today's episode of the Stripe Show Podcast is brought to you by About Golf Simulators, glowing in the backdrop. I have a busy week this week, full, full lesson book. We've got a full lineup on the Stripe Show Podcast. Keith Stewart joins me tomorrow. Alex Smalley finished ninth at the Travelers last week. He will join me on Wednesday. And then a very special instruction one on Thursday. Working on a couple things. And uh, I'm uh, not going not gonna to give you too many hints on, on what it is there. But working on something special there. We're going to go four deep, I think, this week. Four Stripe Show podcasts. I go on vacation next week. There will be some episodes, though. Um, so stay tuned for that. But uh, I got a little vacation coming up. I'm looking forward to it. heading back to Pacific Northwest, get on the lake, some boat activities, some chilly ones, cigar. It's like the only place where I can actually put my phone down completely is when I go back up there, I get on the lake and, you know, the, the cell service is spotty in general, but I can really just kind of put my phone down and, and just leave it alone, you know, and enjoy the, the lake, enjoy my family, enjoy my friends, and just be present and focus on what's happening right in front of me. So I'm looking forward to that. It's been it's been a great uh, great six months uh, this year. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, we are on pace for a record um, podcast this month as far as downloads. We appreciate that, those listening, and for those watching on YouTube. we got big plans. Um, this is going to be... Uh, Something that we are really invested in. Thank you to my sponsors about golf, PXG. And uh, we are focused on some great podcasts uh, for the rest of the summer and into the fall. So we're working on some cool things. Thank you for being here. Special show here today that I really want to dedicate to Keegan Bradley. Um, Keegan Bradley, of course, uh, won the Travelers Championship. His sixth win in total on the PGA Tour. Keegan, of course, has been out there uh, for quite some time, turned pro back in 2008, 37 years of age, went to St. John's, kind of a unique swing, someone who, um, you know, really had some success early on when he got out there on the PGA Tour, taught himself how to putt with the belly putter, and then they banned that, which really threw him for a loop. His putting was a mess for many years. A lot of determination, a lot of trial and error. And um, I, I think for all intents and purposes, he he re-taught himself how to putt and has worked himself back up now to being one of the top players again on the PGA Tour. This is his second win of the wraparound season. You remember, you go back to October, won the Zozo, almost won the Farmers, finished second to Max Homa there, and now the win here at the Travelers. And, and I didn't bet him. Um, last week as we had Keith on. And I know Keith didn't bet him as well. He would have been a tough bet because 
he was someone coming off a missed cut at the U.S. Open, whereas ball striking was was terrible the week before that at the Memorial. He did make the cut at the Memorial, but his ball striking wasn't that good. And, of course, when you think of Keegan, you think of a really good driver of the ball. You think of a solid iron player. You know, he's going to give you some looks. And his putter, okay. Let's see if we can have a decent putting week. Well, you know what happened? He turned it around. That's golf, just like that. Comes off the missed cut. He goes positive seven uh, in strokes gain approach, and he goes positive seven with his putter. And that's the way golf is. And I know a lot of you are listening right now, and you're thinking about your own game. And you're thinking about how many times, well, I could go out and shoot, let's say you're a 10 handicap. I could go out and shoot uh, 80 one day and 91 the next. Right? You think about, yeah, one time I went out and I shot 87 the first day and then 78 the next day and then 84 the next day and then 79 the next day. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I'm just inconsistent. And, and the reality is, is you're probably not inconsistent because this is something that we've talked about before in golf and how it works and how it works over a period of time. And if you're a 10 handicap and you look at your bell curve, in the middle part of that bell curve, of course, you're shooting lots of 80s and 81s and 82s and 83s, and they're all, you know, fitting in there. But as that bell curve kind of tapers off on one end, you're also capable of shooting 84 and 85. Every once in a while, probably an 86 is going to be in there. You get some bad breaks, and you're emotional, 87, 88. But then it goes off on the other side, too, right? And it's like, okay, you're capable of shooting 79, 78. Got some good breaks, made a couple bombs, 77 got a hole in one. So whatever the case is, right? There's all kinds of things that happens in golf in this bell curve. And you look on one end, you're like, you're capable of shooting 77. On the other end, you're capable of shooting 88. And sometimes they happen in back-to-back days. And sometimes in professional golf, they happen in back-to-back weeks, right? Keegan, not accustomed to hitting the ball quite like that. Probably had a few things go um, the other way. Misses the cut, comes back. And he blitzes the field. Uh, and he shoots 23 under par. And, and, and that's golf. And that's the way it works. And sometimes when players are they're being interviewed and they're, and they're talking about, yeah, I'm close. I know I've missed, you know, three of the last four cuts, but I'm close. I've got some good things going. I just need a little this or a little that. Some things kind of have to break your way. And then all of a sudden, that's the difference in three or four shots. And then you drop a couple bombs. And all of a sudden, now you're competing to win a golf tournament. So golf is very strange that way. It's very interesting that way. I would, I would really challenge you. I would really challenge you um, to be careful in the way that you you use the word inconsistent. Okay, that's not a word I hear a lot when I'm talking with professional golfers. Inconsistent, but yet you look at their scores, and there's a wide range of scores. There's a wide range of finishes. Most recent example, Keegan Bradley. Played terrible at the U.S. Open, missed the cut, comes back, plays great, and wins the Travelers' Championship. So that's the way golf is. Now, if you're a 10 handicap and you're starting to shoot a lot of 87s and a lot of 88s and a lot of 89s, well, your skill set's going the wrong way. Something's wrong. And if you want to improve and you want to shift the bell curve the other way, then you got to improve your skill sets, whether it's driving the ball, hit more distance, more fairways, iron play more efficiency develop your short game so you can hit it closer in proximity uh, your putting make more five footers lag putting etc cetera, etc cetera. one of the things that really helped keegan bradley's skill set uh was aim point we're going to talk about aim point today i think some of the things that um 
some of the things that you're seeing with Keegan right now with Aimpoint, um, I, I, I'm going to share with you on what I'm seeing and what my perception is uh, with Keegan Bradley because Keegan has really, has really, I, I think, kind of settled in here with his putter. He, he's really starting to settle in and put some good weeks together with his putter. Now, when he first came onto the PGA Tour, Keegan was a good putter. And he played by the rules. He he taught himself with the belly putter, and then when they banned that, he had to reteach himself how to putt. And when you and when you have to go through that, um, that's a that's a daunting task when you're trying to do this for a living and play against the best players in the world. And you saw him just live in the red in strokes gain putting. I mean, he he just lost all kinds of strokes every single week. Negative three. Negative 3.7, negative 5, negative 2, negative 6.7. I'm talking week after week after week after week losing in strokes game putting. His iron game, still good. His driver, still good. His short game, probably above average. And what we're seeing now, I think in the last, let's say, I'm going to go ahead and say in the last year here, we're starting to see his putter stabilize. He's still going to have some bad putting weeks. Everybody does. Um, he lost 5.7 at Century. Came back, gained, but he gained seven at Farmers. And you look at the last, let's say, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks. He's probably, last ten weeks, he's been in the positive eight. Eight of ten. Including positive seven at the Travelers, including positive 5.4 at Memorial. And so the putter is starting to settle in. And I want to bring in this video here and look at how Keegan is putting right here, right now, and he's putting on one of these uh, tracks here. That's a good visual to give you how the putter head is moving um, on an arc. And I think in addition to that, you can see those white lines right there. You can see how that the, the center line is on a very subtle arc. And then you can see how those white lines um, running at a right angle to it is showing how the putter face is staying square to that arc. The putter face is not staying square to the target line, although it's pointing down the target line. That's the goal at impact. But the putter head's working on an arc, and the putter face is staying square to that arc. Now, it's possible that you could move the putter head on an arc and open or close the face to that arc. But I think primarily what you're seeing with, with the best players is they work on a very subtle arc, and then they want to keep the putter face square to that arc. And if they can do that, then the probability of that putter face looking down the intended line at impact um, is much more in its favor. Now, you can see here, I want to play this through one more time. You can see Keegan um, going left-hand low and running that putter shaft pretty much in line with that left form. Right, so the the putter shaft has a little forward lean to it. I, I tend to to like this setup. I like to have a little forward lean with the putter shaft, not a lot, but a little. But that left wrist you can see is pretty flat. The top of the left wrist, which we'll look at from the target line, um, is is pretty level, or maybe even a slightly unhinged. Um, there's not a lot of radial deviation in that left wrist. It's pretty zeroed out towards ulnar. And I like that whole structure there up the left side. Club shaft leaning a touch forward, left wrist flat, 
little ulnar deviation, club shaft kind of in into the left forearm. And then, of course, the right hand, to match up to that, that right wrist has to be bent. It has to be kind of extended back a little bit. So, you know, there's a there's a bit of a brace there, which is not surprising um, that Keegan has kind of gravitated to this because it's probably, it probably gives him the feeling that there is kind of that um, stability up there around the grip in in some kind of anchor points. Not anchored. Now, some would argue that it is, but it's not anchored into his stomach like it was um from belly putting. So this is this is this is a very different setup position for him. And as you take it to impact, you can see how things are going to arrive pretty much how they were at address. So there's the setup and then we take it back and you go to impact and you can see that all of that is very much the same. Right? That putter shaft is returning about the same angle. Those wrists haven't broken down all of those relationships between the wrist angles and the and the grip in are very much the same that's a good look right there from down the line look at that left wrist you can see how the top of the left wrist has a, a little curve to it that's a little bit of ulnar i like that that gets the forearms in line and um i think you know generally speaking that's i think pretty good advice for most that you don't have to do that but i think the majority do and he's certainly doing it here. I like that left wrist a little bit unhinged, a little ulnar deviation. That's different than the full swing, folks, because when you grip it in the fingers, you're going to get a little angle on the top of the wrist. So that left hand is very different. Um, I find when teaching putting, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching players in the left hand to get a little more of this ulnar like this. Um, I, 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 I find I'm teaching... Um, players to soften their elbows, in particularly the right elbow. I'm, I, I find I'm encouraging players to get the right hand more to the side of the grip like Keegan has it there um, and not so much on top of the grip. Now, I think the other thing to notice with Keegan is, is when you look at the shoulders, there, there's not a lot of up and down movement. I mean, that right shoulder is ever so gently higher than the left. But when you go to impact, you can see those shoulders are level. And then when you look at him as he swings it through, those shoulders probably feel very level. Uh, I, I think Keegan's probably really trying to stabilize the amount of up and down that he's feeling with those shoulders. And, and one of the ways to get those shoulders more level is to go left hand low. Okay. So shoulders leveling out. I think the wrist conditions in a great spot, elbow soft, forearms in line. And, and then from there, it's really just, he's feeling probably just this very, very subtle arc face square to it. And then I would imagine very square, level shoulders with just this kind of gentle, very gentle closing sensation of the putter head and the putter face exiting slightly to the left. And so this is Keegan's putting. It's been working much better. I think it's very different than the way that he putted when he first came on tour which was running into the belly putter. When you run the putter more in the center of your body, the belly putter, um, then that anchor point, you know, it's more in the middle of your body. Your left wrist is not as flat. Your left wrist is more extended. Um, and so that, that center point, anchor point, feels more in the stomach, where here with the left wrist flatter, the shaft perhaps a touch more forward than what he was doing when he was belly putting that anchor point probably feels
feels, I would imagine, more in the left armpit area, left shoulder, somewhere up in there as the access point in which that's moving around, maybe rather than so much into the center of the stomach. So this is like a this is this is all very different, right? And it's not that when he made the change, it's not that when you make that change from a belly putter to a new putter like this, and he's tried a lot of different things, that you're like, oh yeah, I can just I can just do that at the highest level in the world. No, I mean, like, yeah, of course he could do that and putt probably pretty well, but not compete against the best players in the world. You know, at the time he's out there trying to beat Tiger for crying out loud. And so I just give Keegan a ton of credit, a ton of credit for rebuilding this thing and teaching himself to be an elite putter again. That is a, that is a tremendous amount of resilience, a tremendous amount of determination. And I tip my cat to anybody who was knocked down like that from a change in the rules right? Because he taught himself how to putt with the belly putter. Forget about how you feel about it one way or the other. He, he's, he was playing within the rules, taught himself how to belly putt, and then they and he got himself to the highest level, the elite level in professional golf, and boom, you can't putt like that anymore. Oh, you want a PGA championship like that? Oh, you can't putt like that anymore. Tip my cat to Keegan Bradley. Now, the other thing that is happening, I think, with Keegan is he is... I think reading greens better and he uses aim point as a lot of these guys do. Um, you know, I'd be interesting to see what the number is. If the player doesn't do it, if you don't see them using fingers, then you, you, you probably the caddy's doing it at the very, at the very least. But I think what aim point is doing. And of course, when you use aim point, I'm not going to give away all of the, all of the goods here at aim point. If you've never been to one of their classes, you should go. Uh, it's great stuff. It's very interesting. It's very logical. And what it's going to give you, at least, is a baseline for why you're making the decisions that you're making when you read a green. If I read, if you know, if I lean down, I'm looking with my eyes, and it's like, okay, it's going to break a little right to left. Okay, I'm going to play it two inches to the right, and I hit it, and I played it two inches, and it never broke. Well, why didn't it break? What did you get wrong in the reason why it didn't break? Or maybe you played it two inches, and it broke five. There's a reason in there, right? And, and can you start to quantify that reason and start building it up as a memory bank to why you're making the decisions that you are? I've always thought that, and I know Mark Swinney very well, the owner of Aimpoint. I remember when he started it, I was one of his first students going through it. I hired him to come out to TPC uh, Sawgrass. We had the books. We're out there on number three green on the stadium reading it. We go out to number 18 and reading it. And I can remember there were certain putts he would use his feet and he would say, no, this is going to break this way. And yet your eyes are looking at the slope and you're thinking, gosh, it looks like it's going to probably go the other way. And sure enough, it kind of wiggled the way that he thought. And so when you use your feet, you start to sense which way slope direction is. Um, you start to sense the severity of the slope. And I think that's where... That's where one of the key things comes in is the severity of the slope. The more severe the slope, the more it's going to break. And so that to me is where you start to quantify and you start to be able to really train yourself on what is a 1% versus a 2%, a 2% versus a 3% and the subtleties within that. What are my eyes telling me? What are my feet telling me? I think very few 
just read it with their feet. Very few just read it with their feet and say, okay, that's the decision I'm going to make. Aim points tell me to aim it right here. That's exactly where I'm going to aim it. There's, I think there are a few. I'm pretty sure Lydia Ko is like that for most of the time. Last time I, when I was at Golf Channel, I had Lydia in there. She was at that point in time, and she was the number one putter in the world at that point. <laughs> so there are some players that use their feet, go to the finger, whatever, and, okay, aim points telling me aim right there. That's random. I think most do that, and then they're saying, okay, my eyes, they take it all into consideration, and then they hit it. But when you can quantify percent through your feet, 1% versus 2%, 2% versus, that's huge, huge, because that severity of the slope is the subtlety of how much that's going to break. Right? I think most of the time we get, you know, most of the time these guys and women on tour, they get slope direction right. They better be getting slope direction right. However, some of you uh, listening right now, and including myself, there's times I get slope direction wrong. And when you use your feet, it's going to help you with that. I had a putt. Um, I played on uh, on Saturday at Sawgrass Country Club. And I had a putt on a hole. And I didn't take the time, you know, to use my feet because we're out there listening to music and, you know, having fun. But I remember it was like 12 feet down the hill and I'm standing up there and I'm like, okay, I can sense it's a little right to left. But then you know, as you go up to the hole, and a lot of these guys do, Keegan's very diligent about going along the putt. He stands where the ball is, and he goes about halfway, and then he goes up to the hole. So he's, you know, he's kind of staggering along the putt. And, and I went up to the hole after I hit it, and you could sense through your feet how it veered back the other way. And so I wanted to break a little left early, but I would say probably for like the the last half to two-thirds of the putt, it, it was actually going the other way. And you could sense it through your feet, but you couldn't see it through your eyes because it was downhill. And you don't see slope that well downhill, right? It's like it's like the aerial co coverage looking straight down. And can you see slope? No, you can't. Now, if you get down along the ground and you're looking, you can, right, you can see slope. Camilo Viegas getting down to the ground. So I misread it because I'm up high with my feet downhill putt 12 15 footer and i didn't take the time to go down to the hole and if i went down to the hole i would have felt that my left foot's a little higher than right so anyway you use your feet keegan uses his feet he's diligent about going along the line and then he gets slope direction right 99.9 percent .9 of the time but then the severity it's the severity of the slope what is the difference can you quantify the difference between one percent and 1.5 1 1.5 and two when you can you're going to make more putts. You're going to make better decisions. So that's kind of what you're seeing with Keegan. I think there's a period of time with Keegan right now using aim point. He's built up um, kind of this memory bank of reading putts. And you, and you know what probably is the most important thing along that line? You know what's the most important thing? Is that he got putts wrong. He got the severity wrong enough that he learned from it. You're going to get it wrong, but what did you get wrong? That's the key. Because when you look at what affects a breaking putt, well, okay, slope direction, the severity of the slope, the, the, the length of the putt, how much time is that ball going to take on that slope? So if I have a putt going across a 2% left to right, and it's going to be a 10 versus for a 20-footer, well, the 20-footer is going to break more because it's going across that slope for a longer period of time.
And then, and then the last factor is, is the speed of the green, right? So the stem. So the faster the green, the more it's going to putt. And, and what happens is, is players, they'll, what they'll do is they'll kind of, um, they will calibrate the speed of the green before they go out. So they will read putts on the putting green, 10, 12, 15 footers, and, and using their fingers, depending upon, um, you know, how fast the green is going, and they'll calibrate, get it right, and then they'll take that out there with them. And I'm not going to give you away all the goods there. You got to go to an aim point. So there's, and what all that means right there. Okay. Cause there's, there's a lot here and how you're perceiving that, that you have to go learn and calibrate. They calibrate the speed of the green. They know, they understand the distance, but now the question is, can you get the severity of the putt right? And if you can, you've made enough mistakes, enough mistakes, you've built enough memory bank, you're going to read greens better, make better decisions. I think that's where Keegan's at. I think he's retaught him how to himself how to putt, and I think it's pretty damn cool. I really, really do. All right, let's finish with this. Let's finish with this. Keegan Bradley. I did a little, I did a uh, <laughs> analysis on Keegan's swing, and I've had some fun with Keegan um, over the years. I've always said that you know Keegan signed with U.S. Kids, right? His clubs always look two, three inches short. He's always had his hands very low. I I posted this picture of Keegan hitting a driver, an iron, and a bunker shot. And his hands were the same height on each one. <laughs> his hands were sitting very low. The butt of the club was pointing under his belt buckle on all three shots at address. Right there. That angle. Just like a driver, just like a bunker shot. And so you're going to take on a lot of knee bend, right? You're going to take on a lot of knee bend. When you set your hands very low, Couple things are going to happen here. One is you're going to get the you're going to get the club head working up, and usually when you get the club head working up quicker, you're going to take on some face rotation. And I think Keegan takes on some face rotation going back. Um, he he gets that early wrist hinge. He gets he gets the face rotated gently open, not not a not a lot, but it's gently open. And from there, I think one of the most unique things is that he doesn't lose any flexion in his right knee. Look at his knees right there. His right knee, very, very flexed. Um, you know, when you set your hands that low, you're not going to take on a tremendous amount of change of knee flex. That, that, would be, that would be a tall task to be able to go back down and, and, and line it up times and time again. You know, it almost looks like an extended, more powerful bunker shot. I would anticipate Keegan has a very mobile thoracic spine, turning his shoulders. His spine can rotate a lot. His lower body, very, very stable. That right knee is not budging. And as a result, his hips, his pelvis, it's very level. You don't see this a lot in today's game. Um, th there are some, but I, I think in today's game and moving forward, you see much more change of knee flex. You see the right side of the pelvis much higher. And again, a lot of this sets up from his address position. When you set your hands that low, if you started climbing that right side up, change of knee flex, you could argue that it would be difficult to get back down to the ball time and time again. So he just keeps it stable like a lower, like a like a bunker shot, not a lot of lower body activity, just an extended turn. But what Keegan does really well is right here. 
and and you know most all these guys do this. I mean, they get the shaft to pitch back, not to beat a dead not to beat a dead horse here, but they they pitch the shaft back and they get it on that right form. That's a good checkpoint right there, folks. Like that shaft in the right form area, laying down. And I think what's interesting with Keegan is he does that. He actually rotates the face down just a little bit as well. I've always felt like Keegan, he pitches the shaft back, and then it's just kind of this gradual closing of the face. Sometimes, sometimes you'll see players who have extension in the left wrist. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of pull down like a Mickelson, and then they'll swivel it right at the bottom. And when you look at Keegan and the, the extension there in that left wrist, again, that's a lot of that wrist cock, little face rotation. When you see that, oftentimes, again, they'll pull that left wrist down. The left wrist will carry that extension longer. And what I see with Keegan is I see him pitch the shaft back, and I see the left hand starting to kind of roll, starting to work in more flexion, towards flexion in conjunction with it. It's a gradual type of closing effect through the impact zone. I like that. Um, if I had to, if I had to, you know, pick one way or the other of, okay, you got extension in the lead wrist. Are you going to pull down, you know, have the shaft in a decent position and then right at the bottom, swivel it and stand that handle up a little bit. I prefer not to. If we're going to have some extension at the top, can we pitch it back and then just let the left wrist work towards flexion gradually as the body shifts left and rotates with it. And that's what I see more with Keegan Bradley uh, in his swing. But it is a unique swing. I mean, you just don't see many people setting up like this. Um, you don't see many professional golfers um, with that lower body at the top, that level of a pelvis. Um, but you do see a lot of professional golfers pitch the shaft back to the right form. You do see a lot of professional golfers lean the shaft forward at impact with the, with the face square. You do see a lot of professional golfers get the shaft to exit back under the left shoulder with the face laid back towards the camera. So it, it's, it's always been a powerful swing. Um, it's always been an efficient swing. And now um, with that, what you're seeing with Keegan Bradley is you're seeing now a putter that is perhaps no longer a weakness and um, is going to start yielding a much higher basement of putting, lead to more confidence, where he can start making more putts, and then have these weeks where he goes positive seven and win. And so I think it's very cool. I think it's very cool. He goes back to New England, gets his sixth win. Uh, Keegan seems like he's in a great spot with his family, two kids, wife, just feels like you know everything... Um, is really in a nice spot for him, and, and and it's great to see. Also, keep in mind with Keegan, and I'll finish with this: is he lost a lot of weight? Uh, man, it looks you know in the 25, 30 pounds. I know he changed his diet, lost a lot of weight. Looks like he's in, he's feeling good. He's in good shape. And um, of all the clubs in his bag, of all the clubs in his bag, it he has to feel what he's done with his putter, his putting stroke, his greens reading. I'm sure the way he practices, everything he's doing there and what he is starting to see now over the last year with that has to make him really happy. And I would have to say, I don't think he's done winning at all. I don't think he's done winning. Keep in mind, he won the PGA. 
Keep in mind, he won the WGC Bridgestone. Keep in mind, he won the BMW. Keegan Bradley was a real, really good player before they banned the belly putter. Really good player. Keegan Bradley, I think, I, I, I think Keegan Bradley's got a couple more wins in him. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a major championship either. I mean, I think he's kind of, he, he, can, he can get back to that form if he putts like what we just saw. All right, good stuff. Keegan Bradley, all things. Congratulations to the guy from, from Vermont. St. John's with the Redmen. Love it. All right, back tomorrow. Keith Stewart's back. We got to do better this week, folks. We didn't see Keegan Bradley last week. We got to do better. We'll be on it. Uh, it is, what is it? It's the Rocket Mortgage this week. Rocket Mortgage in Detroit. All things best bets tomorrow. Thank you for being here. Stripe Show Podcast. I'm Travis Holton. See you tomorrow.